This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is titled, The Importance of Raising Children to Hear and Follow God's Voice, Part 1. The most important thing you can teach your child is how to hear from God. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you don't know where 1 Samuel is, it's right before 2 Samuel. I know that I'll help you out a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Today I want to give a narrative message. It's narrative. That means I'm telling a story. It's a story through the Bible. And there are no the delineated points. So don't wait for the points to come up on the screen like I normally do. Write down whatever God tells you. He will speak to you. I believe God will speak to you through the course of this particular message and challenge. Let me just say how proud I am of our young people today leading us in worship. I want to uh, salute Jonathan Queen for uh, being the director of our children and youth department. Thank you, sir. And uh, Andre, Minister Andre Crouch, who's on. How long have you been a youth pastor now? Ten months. You still wet behind the ears, young man. Grateful for uh, their service to our church. They're doing a great job. And all of those who are associated with our youth ministry. I want to talk today about the importance of raising children to hear and follow God's voice. Let me tell you that again. That's the title of this narrative message. The importance of raising children to hear and follow God's voice. And what I want to do today is tell you the story about um, Hannah. Hannah was married to Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives. I can't imagine. I'm having all my hands is full with one. But one of his wives had multiple children. She, Paniah had many children, but Hannah had no children. It was a tension point for Hannah. She felt frustrated, unhappy, troubled by the fact that she was not able to bear children. She was not able to have children. She had a, her, her womb was closed. And so one particular day, she went into the temple and prayed and asked God to give her a child. And ultimately, God gives her a child. And the child, they named the child Samuel. And so in chapter one of First Samuel, if you could uh, turn there, I want to, read this starting at verse 19. Uh, she prays, God gives her a child named Samuel. Uh, and in verse 19 it says this. I'm going to read verse 19 through 28. It's a lot of verses, but you ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> then they arose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son. 
and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up for She said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the child was young. Somebody say the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. I'm going to come back to that verse in just a moment. And she said, oh my Lord, As your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed. For this child I prayed. And the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Somebody say amen. So I want to talk about the importance of raising children to hear the voice and follow God's voice. Hannah finally, after much prayer, God blesses her womb with a child. They named the child Samuel. And this particular story tells us about the significant things that Samuel accomplished in his life. This is a guy who really does significant things. He As a matter of fact, he becomes a prophet to the nation, a priest, a judge. He appoints and anoints the king of Israel. He anoints David to succeed Saul. And I could go on and on about the significant things that Samuel accomplished in his life. And the reason I want to raise this issue is because unfortunately in our culture, we measure success by a different barrier, a different model. We think if our children have gotten great jobs and make a lot of money and they do, uh, they, you know, become lawyers or doctors and those are all great things, and all significant things. We celebrate that. They, they drive a nice car, live in a nice house, make a lot of money. We salute them and we celebrate them. But I want to raise an issue today. You can raise and earn a lot of money. You can achieve great things. You can achieve all kinds of educational achievements. You can climb the ladder of success. But if you do not have a living, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ, it, my brothers and sisters, is problematic. And I want to raise the issue today about the significance and the importance with us raising our children and challenging our children uh, to be able to have a, 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 a living relationship with God. There's, I mean, above everything, here's what we want our children to do. We want them to be able to know God's voice, hear God's voice, and follow God's voice. Because you know, you're going to make some major decisions in life. And a child needs to be able to understand when God is speaking to them. Because many of you have made drastic choices in your life. If y'all were to be honest, somebody, anybody here ever made any bad decisions in their life? 
One, two. Oh, okay, all right. There we got some honest people. Yeah, you can, you can make some horrible choices. You got to make the decisions of where to go to school, what jobs to take, who to marry, who your friends are going to be, what community you live in, what church you attend. All of these are significant decisions because it shapes the course of your future. It shapes the course of your destiny. It can make a determination of where you will spend your life. If you marry the wrong person, it can jack up your life. I know, I know a lot of guys want to say amen, but they're scared to say it while they're sitting right there. I had to hear from God about who to marry. Because, you know, I had hundreds of women chasing after me. You got to hear from God about who to marry, what school to go to, what, where you live, everything. All of these are major significant decisions. Somebody say major and significant decisions. They are. Yeah, and so, and so in this particular passage of scripture uh, and, and in this story, this is a, this is a family. This is a, a community. This is a family that raised Samuel to hear God's voice. Because God uses him in a significant way in his life. And that's what I want to spend just a few moments. I got one major thing I want to try to drive home to you today. One major thing I want to say to parents and godparents is the importance of teaching your children how to hear the voice of God and obey the voice of God. Thank all five of y'all for that rousing amen. I appreciate it. I want, that's what I want to just drive home. In verse 11 of chapter 1, look, look at verse 11. Here's what, hold up, hold up, wait a minute, back up. Slow, slow down, pastor. There's no need to rush. I don't have another service I can take all day. I don't know why I'm rushing. Take my time. I want to talk about what Hannah did that made her such a special woman to raise this special young man. Verse 11 of chapter 1 says that she made a vow. Here's what it says. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. This is a significant passage. because Here's what she did. What she did for her son, she started praying for him before he was born. As a matter of fact, she prayed for him before she, he was, she even conceived a child. Let me say to the mothers in, the, in this house, let me say to the mothers and the fathers, how important it is to pray for your child even before the child is conceived. My wife and I used to talk to our kids even while they were in the womb, we talked to the kids. Let me tell you, talk to the child, read the Bible to the child, sing songs to the child, even while they're in the womb. Where the pregnant women in this, where, where the, where the pregnant, is, pre, is there any pregnant people in here? Any, is any, any, any pregnant women, where you at? Where you at? Stand up. Any pregnant, there's only one? There's two, is it? Three, you ain't pregnant, sit down, y'all. I said pregnant, pregnant. I said pregnant women, where they at? Where the pregnant, are you pregnant? Oh Lord, I need to pray for y'all to start doing something so y'all can be having some children. There's one back there, we got one, one pregnant woman in here? I, oh, two, two, that's it? 
Okay, women, Lord, please help these married women to be to do something, Lord. Please help them to have children. Thank you. Talk to the child. Sing to your children, even while they're yet in the womb. Talk to them, sing to them, speak to them. You are shaping their destiny. She prayed. Y'all can be seated. Thank you very much. She prayed and asked the Lord to give her a male child. So she, she's even praying for the child even before the child was born. That's why, and, and oh, hold up. She gave the child to the Lord. She says, Lord, if you give me this male child, I'll give the baby to you all the days of his life. That's significant that she had already dedicated the child to God even before the child was born. And it would behoove us to give our children to God even before the children are born. It would be a significant thing. She said, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And that's what she did. And then when the baby was born, slide down to verse 24, it says this. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her and three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine and brought him, here it is, brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. She brought the child to the Lord while the child was still young, while he was a baby, while he was an infant. And I think the problem that I see in our community is too often we bring the children after they done are halfway grown. Now, we, when we start having problems with them, now we want to start bringing them to church. Now we want to try to get them to go. Raise up a child in the way they should go. You know what I'm trying to teach parents to do? Create a taste and a hunger in your children for the presence of Almighty God. And while it's nice at your house, you can really learn to identify the presence and the power of God while you're in the temple, while you're in the house worshiping the almighty God. Let them learn to identify the atmosphere where God thrives, where God moves, where the anointing of God is. And do it in your house too, don't get me wrong. But I think it's so important and so significant that she brought the child, she brought the child to church, to the temple while he was young. Now, the rule in my house, I told my kids, as, I'm raised, as I raised my kids, they're all grown now, but while they was raising, while I was raising them kids, I told them, as long as I'm paying, put the roof over your head and clothes on your back and putting the food in your stomach, you're going to be in somebody's church on Sunday. I feel some tension in the room. This idea of teenagers sleeping in on Sunday mornings and not going to church on Sunday mornings because they tired. There ain't none of that in my house. You need to do whatever you need to do because anything is under, while I'm paying, while I'm paying to put the roof over your head and the clothes on your back, you will go to somebody's church on Sundays. I'm feeling some tension in the room. I feel some kickback. Is that from back here? Is that coming from y'all back here? No, these are the kids. Look at these young kids in church worshiping God. So proud of them. I celebrate your parents seeing that you are in the house of God. I'm gonna come back to y'all in just a few moments because I'm so proud of them. Somebody say, I'm so proud of them. Say, we're proud of them, we're proud of them. Celebrate them one more time. Give them a hand praise. 
In verse 25, it says this. Then she slaughtered a bull, verse 25, and brought the child to Eli. Now, what does that mean? She brought the child to Eli. Here's what that means. She brought the child to the temple to be dedicated. Now, we do that every third Sunday at our church. We dedicate kids to the Lord. And that's what we're going to do today after this 12 o'clock service. Many, some, many parents have brought their children to church, brought their child to church to dedicate them to the Lord. And the younger, the better. You bring the child to the Lord to dedicate him. She brought Samuel to Eli and gave the child to Eli and Eli dedicated the Lord, the child to the Lord. And that's an important thing that we dedicate our children to God. And you know what we do when we pray? Let me tell you what we do when we dedicate those children to the Lord. Here's what we're doing. We're praying for God to put a shield around those kids. We're praying to ask God to cancel out every scheme and plot that the enemy has against that child. I wish I had a praying crowd with me here today. Because you do know that the devil wants your children. That devil wants to take your kid children and cause your children not to become what God created that child to be. Because if that child raises up to be what God wants that child to be, he represents a threat to the devil's kingdom. And we pray that no weapon formed against that child will prosper. We cancel out every plot, every scheme, every thought that the enemy has against them children. That's what we pray. We pray that every demon and every scheme that the devil has planned against the child gets canceled. That's what we do. There's an anointing and power in that. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, there's power in that. There's power in that. Tell them on the other side, there's power in counseling that and rebuking that. We rebuke that devil. We rebuke every wrong person coming into their life. We rebuke the devil trying to get them on drugs. We rebuke the devil making them feel like they can't learn what they need to learn in school. We rebuke that thing and we say, God, they will succeed and they will love you and they will serve you and they will worship you. We pray for them to have a vibrant walk with God. Somebody say hallelujah, amen. We bring that child while they're young. Somebody say while they're young. And then it says this in verse 28. It said, therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord, she said. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. Y'all need to know your your child ain't yours. That child is not your possession. God has just made you a steward of taking care of that child. God made you a steward of taking care of them. And then it says right here, I love that we lent God, lent uh, uh, He's lent to the Lord. He's really owned by the Lord, but here's what it says. So they worshiped the Lord there. I like that verse right there. The latter part of verse 28 says they worshiped the Lord. Look, it says they worshiped. There's power in mama and daddy worshiping the Lord with the child. Let me say to you fathers how important it is for you to model before your kids worshiping God something amazing about them seeing you with your hands raised and your mouth open 
worshiping God. Something amazing that a child knows that there is an authority over you, that you ain't the end all with all the power and all the say and all the authority. They need to see that you have an authority in your life so that they know they need to have an authority in their life. Are y'all listening to me today? I'm almost finished. I'm trying to get to the end. And so it's something powerful about mama, daddy, and the child, and the family. The family that prays together stays together. The family that worships together accomplishes great and mighty things. Somebody say praise the Lord. Say that's powerful. In chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, don't have time to go through it, but read that. That's Hannah's prayer. It just outlines how she prayed. Maybe one day I'll come back and go through there. But through, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 10, she prays. But then when we get to verse 11, I want to I wanna conclude this message with verse 11. I want to highlight verse 11. I want to talk about verse 11. There's something in verse 11 that I want to say. As soon as y'all ask me to please tell us about verse 11. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the, listen to this, verse 11, but the child ministered to the Lord. Oh, that's, y'all, ooh, that went over y'all's head. The child ministered to the Lord. Do you not know that God gives us the opportunity and the privilege to minister to him? And the word minister means served. We got to train up our children to serve the Lord. Now, now this is a troubling passage for me. It's it's not troubling to me, but it's a trouble that I see in our community and in our nation and, and particularly in our community because we have families that are are subsidized, substituting the service to the Lord by our children servicing other things. Our kids are dedicated to their sports and their activities and their trips. And now for so many families, the uh, children's involvement in serving the Lord has been pushed out of the way. Our children are, they're not, they're on the teams that they serve. They play sports. They got their football games, their basketball games, their baseball, their soccer. They got all of that. But yet they're not serving the Lord. They're not in the kingdom of God. There's something wrong when you become more dedicated and committed to those activities. I, I know. I know y'all don't, I know I'm, I'm walking heavy. I'm walking heavy. I know y'all, y'all don't like this. I know y'all don't like, you don't like it. But my assignment is to call you back to putting your child in the place where they recognize the voice of God, the heart of God, the things of God. Those things are all important. It's important for them to make their sports games. It's important for them to do that. But if it pushes the church out, something is desperately wrong. I think every now and then you need to tell the coach and say, no, we're not going to make today's game. It's okay for them to miss a game every now and then. Come on, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying either. They, they don't have to make every game seem like to me every now and then they ought to be able to miss some stuff so they can worship the almighty God. 
Look at your neighbor and say, he preaching better than you're saying amen. Look on the other side. Tell the person on the other side, he preaching really better than, I know you don't like what he's saying, but he's, he's telling the truth. He's preaching the truth. He's trying to help you. you it's, better to, it's better for you to take them to church than for them to bring you to the jail that they're in. It's better that you show them the things of God. You know why a generation is being raised today that has no regard for the law, no regard for right and wrong, no regard for anything because you, you've avoided putting them in an environment where they're taught right and wrong, that there's a God that they have to answer to, that there's a God who sees them. Let me, by the way, by the way, and another thing, It's important for you to teach your child to recognize God's voice even more so than your voice. Because your voice is not going to always be there. But if you teach them God's voice, his voice is always there. I know y'all don't like that kind of preaching. I, I know y'all don't like that kind of preaching, but it's the truth. It is the God knows it's the truth. And I'm trying to put in your heart and put in your mind. By the way, this is not only true for parents. Let me tell grandparents, it's your job too to participate in the raising your grandchildren to teach them the voice of God. How do you do that? You know, one more, another thing, one more thing. The Bible teaches us how to teach your children the voice of God. And the way you teach them is by telling them the stories of the things that God has done in your life. Testify about the miracles that God has worked for you. I, I don't know all of y'all's name. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've done. How you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. I'm glad to see you. We're here every Sunday, 8, 10, and 12. <laughs> Thank you. You need to bring some more money for all them Sundays. You don't miss. You need to come out. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that now. Now, ain't nobody else going to come back up here because I might, I might. No, he lives in South Carolina. I, I know that's why he has some here. Where was I? Testify. Tell, talk around the dinner table about the prayers God has answered for you. Talk around the doors. Tell them. Let them hear you tell them about things that you know that only God could have done in your life. That's what you got to tell them. That there's a God who answers your prayer. There's a God who answers your miracles and delivers you and works miracles on your behalf. Tell them about the things that God has done. Let them hear you talk about the mighty works and the mighty deeds of the God that we serve. I'm finished. I'm done. I just wanted to make a challenge to you today. 
that your child needs to learn to serve the Lord. I salute these kids. They're serving the Lord. I salute their parents who take the time to bring them to practice, to bring them to rehearsal. And it's not just, we got all kinds of things in our church. This is a church that does all kinds of opportunities for your kids to serve God. We got the choir, we got the youth praise team, we got the ushers, we got the young children's ushers. They ushers, that's a little special thing. We got Sunday school, we got a project manhood, we got star, we got all kinds of activities for your kids. We devote so many resources and opportunities for your children to serve the Lord. You take the time, parents. Somebody look at your name and say, you take the time. and make them available to serve him. Stand on your feet, I'm finished. Give the Lord a shout for that. I love that passage that says that the child ministered to the Lord. God gets blessed when he sees your children serving him and ministering to him. Amen. You know what we do at our church? We teach our children and whatever they did, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Brownies, Sunday School, Choir, uh, all of the stuff that we do, we teach them that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. We teach them that he was buried and rose again from the dead so that their sins could be forgiven. That's what we teach them, that no matter what they've done, how low they've fallen, how deep in sin they may have made a mistake, that God loves them and he died on the cross so that they could have a relationship with the eternal God. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Your child belongs to the Lord, not you. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.